Welcome. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> so we are back, and Leslie has returned to us from Hawaii yes. with many a uh, many a fun story and a little bit of a sunburn. If I uh, definitely a sunburn. Yeah. I'm nursing it. It's that first one of the year where you're not quite ready for summer. Oh, I was so <laughs> foolish. You either go to the uh, a hotter climate, or there's just that first really hot day of the year where you just get burned. Yeah. Every year, my, my girlfriend's always like, oh, you you did it again. Like, Every year, I don't, I'm just, it's unexpected. It catches me off guard. So uh, assuming based on that, the weather was nice? The weather was absolutely fantastic. The yeah. people amazing. I'm absolutely in love with Oahu. Yeah, and you mm. did, you did uh, your fill of surfing, obviously. I totally did. I got yeah. out at Sunset Beach. Okay. Solid seven foot. It was actually nice. kind of terrifying nice. sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. And went went over the falls on one set, which was hilarious. Got pinned down, but I was just kind of chilled out, and you know. So I have got the n- I have the numbers here for the for the pool. How many how many mai tais did you drink? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> too many, my friend. Too, too many. many? <laughs> Would you say between ten to fifteen, or between twenty plus? Oh uh, well, gosh, no. To be honest, I or probably I probably had under ten. Okay. I was so, just going. I was going for those Aloha beers. Yeah, that was my well, drink we'll of choice. See, yeah, you know? we'll see who won the office pool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Leslie's back. Yay! Yay! So you won't have a <laughs> an exuberant mat for like thirty eight minutes, just like screaming at you or whatever I was doing last week. So oh, please do. You're the best. Oh, I know. But uh, we would like to thank uh, Trish Saywell again for joining us last week for a great chat on Argentina. Yeah, totally. Thank you, Trish. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we're we're trying to get. Um, more involvement from uh, our writers in Toronto via uh, mobile technology. So we're, we're working to get, we, we had a bit technology. of a Skype, a Skype malfunction last week. So it's, it's always, it's always interesting to do new stuff. So, so we'll start to work people in uh, as we iron out the, uh, the wrinkles in our technology. Who doesn't system. have Skype malfunctions? Uh, good question. Good. Qu- that is exact. I get that response fairly regularly. You'd be sur- <laughs> Everyone I've told that story to is they're like, well, oh, Skype, yeah. what do you, expect to be happen to you i'm like oh, okay well i, I got know. hacked in once when i was on skype yeah you told me that yeah it was really somebody was like showing you inappropriate pictures. there was very inappropriate like tiles of inappropriate pictures <laughs> for like a flash for a second i thought i was going crazy i was like oh my god and then there was like an image of my computer screen within somebody else's computer screen and somebody else's mouse moving and i just freaked out that is closed the, the computer and threw the computer across the room you threw it across that well, seems a bit i don't maybe a little bit exaggerated but i yeah. did toss it to the no, other side of the say, bed I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd, I'd be, I feel so bad if you like broke your computer. <laughs> it's like there's like on top of the hacker frozen on it, and you take it in to get it fixed. They're like, so what were you, you doing <laughs> on this when it broke? How do you explain that? How man? you? What is wrong? What is happening? I here? swear it's not mine. So, <laughs> mining, mining. That's what we're here to okay, talk right, about. Okay, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> not, Good not not porno Skype hackers. That's our other <laughs> podcast. It's actually what it's called. Um, so let's let's get right into. Uh, our macro for the week because we have some interesting stuff um, cracking along. Uh, so let's, as we usually do, start with our gold prices and copper prices. So uh, I'll just whip through this really quick. Gold's at about uh, one thousand two hundred sixty-seven bucks. Copper's at about two dollars and seven cents, and WTI is at about uh, forty-six dollars and eighty cents a barrel. I believe when I walked into studio. Good so memories. Yeah, I didn't have that. He totally just pulled this out uh, of the yeah. air. Okay, now I have to disclose this. We had a technical problem again, and I 
didn't record the first 10 minutes, and so we're doing this again. So once again, it's not scripted, but we've done it before. So <laughs> that's happened. Um, but uh, so the TSX is at $13,787. So yeah, so things are cracking along pretty well. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention is I did get a pretty cool uh, little report from Scotiabank today about... Um, uh, a China-driven bump in copper steel demand is kind of what question mark. So this is not big a question mark. Yeah. This is not a statement. Right. This is a question. Um, so they're just interested in uh, China recently. Uh, I don't have an exact date on this, but China recently announced that it intends to spend 720 billion over the next three years to develop and revamp transportation infrastructure. So that includes all the the uh, usual suspects: railroads, waterways, airports, metro systems, etc. Um, and surprisingly, this is, I believe, only in China could you do this <laughs> with the bulk of spending plan for this year. So all of a sudden, $720 billion. And I don't know what the bulk is, but that, to me, defines as the majority. So over 50%. Like, so they're spending, like, hundreds of billions of dollars immediately. Um, so that's interesting. So uh, Scotia hey, Bank. Big spending. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> throwing, throwing RMBs everywhere. Um, but... Uh, so Scotiabank says, um, you know, this this clearly uh, could catch, you know, steel and copper could catch bids because of this. Because if there's that much infrastructure spending, this is, we all remember China. China hey, welcome back, our good friend China. We remember this. Uh, so, but Scotiabank cautions um, from a macro sp- perspective, uh, there's a bit of a uh, catch-22 here. Um, because, or as they've put it, a double-edged sword. Um, because when they said strong spending, and this is verbatim, should continue to help the economy stabilize, it shows China remains reliant on its old investment-driven model. Like I said, welcome back. Which in turn runs against the policy goals of combating overcapacity and deleveraging. So, kind of a double-edged sword. We'll see We'll see if uh, if we feel that in, in the steel markets, iron ore, if we feel that in copper, we'll see. Well, copper, I don't know if it can go much lower. It's, it, it, as like I said, it's creeping towards two dollars a pound yeah when i left the studio last 230 yeah it was at 230 i leave for a week copper tanks fort mcmurray burns down yeah yeah no i talked about it uh last week there was some uh, some bad economic uh trade data out of china that was partially to blame for that so i'm assuming in 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 part this is a uh this is a response to uh to that so um let's get to the big Whopping headline of the day. Well, for certain people, anyway. Uh, the Gold Corp Kamenak. Yeah, Gold Corp Kamenak. This rolled out uh, very early this morning, um, and uh, is uh, kind of a string of we've seen a few a few gold mergers, acquisitions, things like that uh, rolling forward. Um, we saw Tahoe come up and take out Claude Resources, uh, or no, that was Silver Standard. Sorry, Silver Standard, Tahoe yeah. took out Lakeshore. Um, so there's been a few, a little bit of amalgamation in the gold space. So uh, this one caught a few people off guard because, like, we, we were talking about this, and a lot of people speculate that Kamenak might be too small for a major. Like, it might be more of a mid-tier acquisition target. Just it's not very often you see an explorer go to minor. No, and, and the it's interesting really thing is, um, you know, whilst the Yukon is a, a jurisdiction of great mineral potential, it's Ooh. not a jurisdiction of great infrastructure. So not it's, yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, so it's very nice for them to uh, see a major going, moving in that direction. And How cool is that? Gold Corp cool. in Yukon. Yeah. It's great so news for the Great Yukon. news. So shout out to uh, 
all my friends up north there, uh, Corey and Ann, uh, with uh, the Yukon government and the Yukon Mining Alliance, uh, respectively. I will be heading up there, I believe, this year for the tour, July 10th to 15th. Always awesome. a very good time. So excellent news uh, for everybody up up north of us there, uh, north of BC. Uh, it's great to see a, uh, a major involved up there again because we know Minto's kind of been on unsteady legs with Capstone and things like that. So very promising. Um, so let's get into this a little bit. So what Goldcorp ended up paying was essentially all shares 520 million bucks, so half a billion dollars. Um, I believe that equates to, and let me just pull this up here in Selma's article. Again, Selma uh, Tariq, our awesome staff writer in Toronto, has already covered this. This is already up on the website. So if you want the real uh, nuts and bolts of this, please do surf over and you can get surf all the cool deets on that. So <laughs> I shouldn't have said deets. Anyway, so it's a 40% <laughs> premium. Uh, and as we know, coffee is uh, has a 10-year mine life only right now, which is one of the reasons they're like, well, what? I mean, it's not really big enough for a major, right? Like they, But I was up there this past August, I want to say, and Ira Thomas was telling me, you're familiar with the White Gold District, right? Which yeah, is where, totally. Um, and so... Such an interesting story. Gold and, soil, gold and soils, because I guess there's no glaciation up there, right? There so, hasn't been any glaciation yeah. there ever. It's the, the the land there has been rotting away for millions and millions of years. Which is why you get totally the, the, weather, the weathering profile. And that's why right? everything's in the oxide up, up in that part of... of the Yukon, of course, yeah. and, and so gold in soil anomalies are extraordinary. So it's it's like a massive land package of 600 square kilometers. And Ira was telling me when I was up there that it's like they've been so focused on feasibility work and designing the mine plan that they haven't really been able to follow up on these targets. So, yeah, that's what stood out for me for the article because yeah. I read it and I never really appreciated it. But it said 20% of that land package has been explored. Exactly. And, and that really stood out for me. And Heaps. that's 5 million ounces. It's crazy. See, 5 million that, ounces. In, that, in a district, in a in a territory that has like, you know, plus 30 million ounces in plaster gold alone. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that's the big thing about you. Know, everyone's nuts. been trying to find that bed, hard rock Everyone's been trying to find the mother load. Like that insane plaster. Well, that's why white stuff. gold took off so much because yeah. everyone thought that white gold was it. So this is a big one again for Sean Ryan too. Who was, Sean Ryan, yeah. Totally. Yeah, he totally was involved with coffee from the beginning. And also, a also Rob winter. Carpenter. Shout out, shout out to Rob Carpenter, who was a geo who was very early involved in Kamenek, very early present CEO. Oh, a couple a of my of mates were the ones that found it too. Yeah, like a lot of really good geologists did a lot of work on this yeah. before it got to this stage. So shout out to them. Um, so uh, yeah, so Goldcorp set this thing up. Um, we, I would expect they would completely redesign the mine plan because, like we were saying, like. Uh, Kamenek had been focused on uh, the oxides because they were going to build around a $300 million heap leach mine. Oh, okay. Now, there's actually 5 million ounces of global resources here, so a lot more than Kamenek had been focused on. Now, that includes the sulfides and hard rocks as well. Oh, okay. So, depending on what size of mill Goldcorp wants to build, um, it could go in a lot of different directions. So, I'm thinking they're going to go in there and just completely re-engineer the bejesus out of it. Uh, but we'll see. So, really cool... Uh, Really cool story. Uh, really nice to see a major up in the Yukon. I know um, there's been there's been rumors and hints about who was going to take out Kamenek. So it's really nice to see. Uh, funny, I'll just mention this on the side. So when I was up there, um, uh, some of the Kamenek folks told me the story about how Lucas Lundin and Ross Beatty got involved in this. And they own, oh, I want to say about 13% of the stock together. So they were on a canoe trip, I believe possibly with Don Lindsay from Tech, and they just rolled into Kamenak's camp one night because they wanted to like shower and use the facilities, and Ira was, happened to be there. And they were like, oh, let's go take a look at the deposit while we're here. And lo and behold, like, 
I don't know, a couple months later, $20 million rolled in from these two gents. So that was in October. And they did this, it's, I think it was like 19 million, they took a $19 million, I think, at 82 cents. The stock today is at 250. So Winning. let's say 200% gain <laughs> in six months. I believe back in napkin math. That's about forty million dollars between Lundin and Petey. So that's why they keep. Uh, that's why. That's why. That's why it's good to have money in the bottom of the market because you can. And sometimes go on canoe trips. Yeah, and go on canoe trips with Don Lindsay. Uh, it's <laughs> the lives we live. The lives we live. So cool story. Um, do check it out. Salma's got all the uh, all the nitty gritty on that up on yeah, the website. Yeah, great article, Salma. Uh, yep, yeah, great job. Uh, we got on that early this morning, so that was really nice um, to. Uh, I was glad to read that with my coffee when I woke up there. It was almost Pretty up much. like when I got in the office. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's great. So do check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll be following that along. It'll be interesting to see what Cool Corp's plans are up there. What they're going to say about they're it. They're probably so. going to smash so many exploration meters too. I'm hoping. Yeah, that I, that'd be cool. That would be so. There great. hasn't been well. There's been. Um, a few guys like Wolverine Platinum drove a lot up there a few years ago, but there hasn't been really a major style drilling program up there. Like I said, I think maybe Kinross at White Gold was the last, the yeah. last big. Uh, I want to see them do a game of Battleship. <laughs> yeah, <just Yeah>. <laughs> well, interesting note. I noticed a few um, juniors up there. I think Klondike and a couple others did receive bids from this. So cool. especially if they had uh, properties in the region. I mean, I can't Gold Corp just picked up 600 square kilometers so short of somebody else making a giant discovery right next door i can't see them being like oh we need another 200 square kilometers. yeah let's own the entire yukon it'd be sweet anyway <laughs> so cool one like it uh so yeah so that was good um and then uh i want to stay on gold because this is another interesting one we were going to talk about so you know the the falco uh uh horn the old horn complex um uh-huh I think Naranda operated from about the 1920s to the late 1970s, I think. And it's a VMS thing, so it's polymetallic. Uh, but uh, Falco Resources has it. And Falco Resources is interesting because um, Sean Rosen and the guys from Cisco Royalties own, I think it's, it's, it's 19% at this point, I think. Don't quote me on that. We'll check later. Um, but uh, <laughs> they own a big whack of it. And... Um, so that includes like Ned Goodman and all the guys over there. Um, so it's interesting to me because they have been that Oban mining thing. They've been consolidating all this stuff. And so they put out this PEA on this new Horn 5 deposit they have. And upon first glance, I was like, what the? F what the so it's a $905 million. Dollar. <laughs> ah, didn't have to use the beep. It was so close. Yeah, it was. So it's a $905 million development. And I was like, that's a massive, like, that's a huge amount of money to spend on a gold mine. Yeah. Like, it's like, you don't see, you don't see a lot of, like, little, like, majors, let alone juniors spending that amount of money. Yeah, on, on a, a BMS. Development. Yeah. On a, yeah, and it's interesting. So what makes it interesting is, A, it's a 15,000 tons per day facility. Uh, it would produce around 200, just under 240,000 ounces of gold annually at all-in costs of ASICs of $427 per ounce. Now, net of byproduct, and we've got, I believe it's copper, zinc, and silver are the byproducts. So like you said, it's probably pretty rich in... So saying it's a gold mine, it's more of a... It's more like polymetallic, yeah, polymetallic lead, right? zinc, so, copper. So they will be running a fairly substantial... Um, flotation and thickening section three three different circuits uh, you're going to have copper zinc and pyrite cons and uh on the uh on the downstream so it's an interesting uh it's a complicated mine and it's also expensive but 
Okay, so I was having conversations with some people over beer about this. And a lot of people looked at it and said, okay, it's got 16% IRR at 1250 gold. It's a $905 million mine. Like, it just, you know, it, it doesn't look economic. And I was like, yeah. Based on a PEA, too. Yeah. And, 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 and then I was thinking, but on fir- that's on first blush, right? You look at who's involved and who designed the mine, right? And Luc Lessard uh, designed the mine, and he was the guy behind Canadian Malarctic, which is the big the kind of what Sean and the guys built a Cisco on back in the day, subsequently taken out. Gold Corp actually tried to buy that back in the, what was that, three years ago? Uh, and then Igniko and Yamana ended, uh, Yamana ended up with it. So same guys. And uh, so they're, they're very convinced. And it, that's why I was having this conversation. I'm like, you know, if it was anyone else and it was in, and this project was anywhere else in the world, I'd be like, there's not a stinking chance this thing <laughs> is getting built in this market. And But I looked at it, and you've got the financial guys from a Cisco behind it. And I think a Cisco Gold Royalty is sitting on something like $500 million in, in capital or something like that. Then you've got uh, you know the Ned Goodman connection, and then you've got the Quebec government connection. And that's one of the things that they really mentioned in their conference call was we have a really good relationship with the, with the provincial government and the Quebec funds and really good shareholders. And what, uh, what, uh, Sean said on the conference call was like the, the biggest challenge will clearly be the CapEx cause it's $905 million. Mm-hmm. And what he said, but we believe we're well suited to manage that. And I could like not really argue. <laughs> like I was like, ah, well that's fair. Actually, you probably, if anybody's going to do it and has the connections in in Quebec to do it, it would be these guys. And the other thing um, that I found interesting with Falco is that Luc Lessard, who designed the mine, also, as we mentioned, built Canadian Malarctic and has done a lot of mine development work. And he claimed that the mine was developed to like a really high standard at the PEA. So Trish Saywell, uh, our, who was on last week with us, interviewed Luke, I think it was last month, and he said they were going to fast track this sucker to a feasibility, straight to feasibility from the PEA within 12 months. Crazy. So apparently they're they're ready to go and they're they're like <laughs> calling it the next like Canadian Malarctic though as we just had this discussion completely different ore bodies and like completely, completely different, different mines and all that stuff. Uh, the the mine they compared this one to was Young Davidson the most. Oh, I see. Right. From a from a grade profile and a dilution profile and everything. So interesting stuff. Um, I have a big uh, big article on Falco's. Uh, uh, PA at Horn up on the website now kind of digs into the conference call what they said why it might be a bit more likely that this team can get it done than anyone else I mean it's a situation of right place right people right so well, and getting getting everything up to proven as well with the resource exactly so, so I just have it here now is 58.3 million indicated tons yeah of 1.82 grams gold and 15 grams silver 2% copper 1% zinc yeah so pretty much like all up 5.36 million equivalent ounces of gold. gold yeah. So and it, that's, and but that's like, if you think about it, like it's like, like it's been mined, like Naranda w- mm-hmm. mined it for, for 50 years. Right. So think about how much uh, historic data they'd have on it. Yeah. Like, so that's why they could probably boost that resource True story. to the extent they can. Right. Yeah. They're actually going to um, rehabilitate what they call the historic Quaymont two shaft, which mm-hmm. is like an old shaft. And they're going to do like a three phase mine. I think most of it's going to be long hole stoped and, uh, it's an interesting plan. I, I'd recommend taking a look at it because it's, you know, uh, some prof- really prof- uh, high-level engineering guys doing some pretty interesting work there. So do, do take a look at that. I found it interesting. So cool, yeah. Yeah, that'll probably be running next week um, in the uh, the paper edition. So uh, the one thing I did want to 
get into though, and we were excited to hear this is we have an odds and sods. Oh, I'm so I'm always in. so excited about odds, odds and sods. Yeah, we've had some good ones. I love the North Korea. North Korea one was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. What was the Tutagon? The Tutagon yeah. last year was 1981. Yeah. I mean, we get these um, stories from from readers and and mates, and you know, they they share in the history of exploration and mining through their anecdotes. Uh, usually, they're hijinks. Or, or shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually it always equals trouble. <laughs> yeah, so if you do have a sweet, sweet hijinks related story, then <laughs> yeah, it would, and the the more embarrassing it is for people you mention whom you have permission to mention, yeah, the better. <laughs> no, so, yeah, exactly. So, so what's the uh, what's the new one going up? Well, um, usually every single week I meet up with a bunch of the guys. They call themselves Vancouver's last think tank. <laughs> um, every Friday, it used to be at the Railway Club actually, but now the Railway Club in oh, Vancouver. Okay. Okay, let's down. have a moment of silence. For a moment the of silence club. for the railway okay. club. Choo choo, choo choo. I actually did that. <laughs> I know you didn't do the moment of silence. <laughs> I had to put in the the sound of a rail. Oh like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I of a train going it. in the I'll, distance. I'll put that in in post-production. It's so so sad. So, um, but now we just kind of wander around trying to find a new home. <laughs> and so anyway, I was I was. Uh, hey, all you all you pubs out there, there's a bunch of uh, geologists wandering just around wandering the aimlessly of about looking for a new home to drink. Oh, I know. Yeah. So um, I went down and caught up with the guys and Tom Schroeder, Nick Herter, and I. We were all chatting about the Smithers Exploration Group annual golf tournament, which oh. began in 1970. Too. Okay. And it's still going on to this day. Yeah, so it's yeah. over four decades of camaraderie between explorers and community goers alike. And he was just like sharing some of the stories um, that came out of all those years of doing it. And it was hilarious from like, you know, golfers losing their pants on the course, some guy being taped up to a golf cart, oh, like weekend at Bernie's. Who, sort of who, who, he wasn't dead though. <laughs> they didn't, so, they, he wasn't dead. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Nobody, that's where that, that's where that nobody, comparison ends. <laughs> nobody gets murdered in this story, I oh, promise. Good, good. Um, it's just more of like, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like weekend birds. I'm like, really? Can't actually be. I remember that movie. He came back like four times. That guy. I know. How is that possible? Can you that poor actor, the dude who played Bernie? Yeah. Like, he was in like four <laughs> movies, and he had said nothing, and he was basically thrown around like a freaking hockey bag. Like, I wonder how much he paid him to do that. I'd be like, more. I need. Whatever happened to that guy? I, I can't remember think his of name. It. I'm gonna okay, Google if this anybody, right Yeah. If anybody could tweet. That uh, I would I would love to uh, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it right now. You do so that. so these guys so there's a, a, we're gonna hear about the hijinks. We're gonna be hearing about um, some of the anecdotes that came out of the golf tournament and nice. still continues. Yeah. So it happens in mid September in Smithers. Um, courtesy the story of is of Tom and Nick. So please be sure to check it out. There's gonna be some sweet photos that's gonna come along with it. And I'm pretty stoked, as always, for odds and sods. Excellent. And just to update everybody, this is super important mining-related news. The gentleman who starred as Bernie Lomax in Weekend of Bernie's <laughs> is Terry Kaiser. I do not know what happened to him. It is a question. <laughs> I, IMDb will tell you if you if you're super stoked on that. Uh, but yeah, it's a good to know. So and to, nobody was Weekend at Bernie at the Smithers Golf. Yeah, today. nobody knows. So that's what we've learned they, today. They did, they did get thrown to a police station and interrogated at one point. But. Oh, I'm going to have to read that one. That actually sounds really interesting. Mm. So we'll have to check that out. Um, and then the other thing I was going to talk about is I had an opportunity. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Erdine Resource Development, um, but they're an outfit that's been really uh, active in Mongolia since the late 1990s. 
No, I always find Mongolia interesting because I actually have some buddies who've done work there, and cool. it, it's a little bit of a, it's been a bit of a touch and go situation over there just because of the political climate and, um, you know, the ongoing stuff with Rio and Oyotogoi and all that kind of stuff. It's been people have been like, well, I don't know if it's really risk on risk off, you know. But anyway, so so Rio <laughs> and Turquoise Hill recently wrapped up investment negotiations for OT, so it's kind of a little bit clearer. Um, and Erdine, um which has sort of had huge swaths of land. They've done a bunch. They've been looking at copper, molly, all the sorts of uh, of minerals over there. But recently they've been looking, well, somewhat, you know, over the last year or so, have been looking at gold because aren't we all? So uh, they were working on this Elton Nar thing, and I had a chance to talk to uh, Dawson Briscoe, who was a geo for them over there for five years doing exploration management. And now he's uh, he's working in corporate. So I had a chance to talk to him about what was going on. And interesting enough, they're another one. I keep coming up with these uh, exploration guys because like one of the things I check is just like, why is this stock up 191% since what? January? So I go check it out. And so what happened here is is sort of a perfect storm for Udine, uh, which is awesome because they've had uh, obviously dedication to Mongolia. They've been there for since the night, like, before 2000 um so what happened was as as uh as exploration guys tend to do don't worry everyone leslie just bumped the mic it's fine it's fine uh, I'm scratching my sunburn. Oh no, we need some aloe. Stat, stat. <laughs> Sorry. Fly in the, fly in the sunburn kit. Okay. Uh, so Erdine uh, made a new discovery. So oh, yeah. they find, uh, found this thing called Bayankundi. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that exactly right, but I'm close. Um, so this thing is one of those unique beasts that went from a greenfield prospect, i.e. like nothing, like it was literally untouched by them, to their flagship asset in eight months. So they discovered it late last year, like October, I think they did. Well, in May, they did, the, I think, the preliminary field work on this area, which is 20 kilometers southeast of this Altenar thing they're working on, which was okay, but it had some base metals in it, and the metallurgy wasn't, wasn't perfect, and, you know, the grades were, were pretty good, though. Like, I mean, but uh, what they found <laughs> was, like, this insane, like, visual gold, or visible gold everywhere, just on the Crazy. Crap. So they had all this gold. And so they like they're like oh god we got to get these drills out here. So late last year they they managed to get set like just under 700 meters of drilling done over 15 holes, and it was just this small far, like 500 700 meter. meters of 15 holes. They're yeah. just like blasting oh, the surface. Oh, just yeah, the like, the uh, deepest they went is 50 meters. Yeah, I bet. So so they uh, <laughs> but what what happened was they identified five zones of gold mineralization and visible gold in 10 of the 15 holes. Sick. So everyone's like wow, jeez. So they're all like, okay, that, that Alton North thing we got up north, put that on the back burner for a while. We got to chase this Bay and Cundy thing. So this thing, so they rushed down there and they um, decided they better put punch a bigger program. So 3,500, 3, they're in the midst of a 3,500 meter program. But just to give you an idea on grades they're hitting at this thing. So this was their first little like sub 100 meter program where they were just like you said, scouting around where, you know. And what mm. he said, interestingly enough, we just talked about glaciation in the Yukon. He said, there's no glaciation in Mongolia. And so he's like, we treat rock grabs a lot like we treat chips because they're always really close to source. Oh, right. So they were essentially, what I gather is they're drilling into outcrop where they found these like VG, like Best banging. hand samples. Yeah, yeah, like really good. Like I think there was one that was like 4,000 grams or something. Oh, I want that um, rock sample. So they, the first thing they did was they hit 26.4 meters of 5.9 grams from 33 meters depth. So 
Winning. right there, right? So they were doing well, so kicking along. Also 35 meters of 5.7 grams from surface. And so they were doing really well. So this thing was obviously getting really interesting. Um, and one of the things that Dawson said was, was pretty cool about this discovery was that, uh, okay, so it's a low sulfidation FD thermal gold system. Right. Uh, mineralization associated with quartz veins and breccias with this within hematite specularite veins and fractures. And what he said was unique about this is it, it's also disseminated within the altered host rock. So you have uh, lower grade stuff, sub a gram, I think, surrounding these pretty good gra uh, grading veins. So he said, uh, one of the things they're looking at as far as structural modeling and trying to figure this thing out, right, is like, um, there could be two pulses of mineralization causing this because one of them is obviously this disseminated in the volcanics and the other is this, you know, epithermal quartz veining. So they're trying to figure out kind of, you know, they just literally discovered this thing four months ago. So they're like, well, we keep hitting, but we, you know, they're work, so they're working they on haven't really figured the out structural the gold. And the other thing is um, uh, there's some interesting stuff about uh, with the geophysics and where they think the uh, the alteration signatures continue under the cover, so they haven't even tested that yet either. So they're they've got a lot of work cut out for them over there. Um, what they have done is they've started the three hundred the thirty five hundred meters, um, and they've already put out some results. So they put out some results actually a few days ago, May ninth, uh, May 9th, and cut sixty three meters of five point three grams gold from fifty meters down to one. So Gosh. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rocking along over there, and then. Yeah. Uh, and then 40 meters southwest of that, which was hole 17, at hole 22, they cut another 27 meters of 1.9 grams. So not quite as high grade, but still, that's pretty... They might have been in that little low grade. Yeah, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. And there's a nice picture here. Leslie will appreciate this of the VG and the core on the on the story. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know you want to see it so bad. Um, so as a result, uh, we all know Sandstorm Gold, Nolan Watson and the guys. Uh, yeah. Sort of a junior streaming outfit. Uh, so they jumped in on this in February right after like they saw it and they gave them essentially two million, two and a half million. So Ordine got one million via private placement. And then they also got uh, one and a half million worth of Sandstorm shares in exchange for 2% NSRs on Bay and Cundy and the Elton North. Way to jump on it, Sandstorm. Yeah. So Sandstorm got right on that. So interesting stuff going on there. So this is obviously give early days. NSR. Yeah, exactly. Like, give me that, give me that stream. <laughs> Um, so interesting stuff over there. So, uh, cool. Uh, and, and what he said was like, uh, you know, it's a, the, the kind of resolution of the Oyotolgoi stuff with Rio has helped because now people think the country's a little bit more stable and the mining regulations are kind of sorting themselves out. B, they also released these results during that period of time. So they really enjoyed that. Um, so he said it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's impacted their ability to finance. And he also said there's, um, about the industry generally is that there's a growing level of excitement around gold. And people are kind of looking at good gold exploration stories to get behind. So that's like I talked about uh, serious resources in Quebec uh, uh, the other week. And we've talked about uh, a few other gold exploration plays recently. Integra has been doing pretty well. We saw they just put out a really good intercept. Yeah, too. super. It was like 37,000 grams of gold over half a meter. Yeah. So like, Can it, you imagine that drill bit, Matt? <laughs> they would have pulled it back up and it would have just been like smeared yeah. in gold. Yeah. So good news, yeah. Oh, so interesting. Uh, I mean, amazing. it is Mongolia, so there's, there, it is a, you know, there's a, a little bit of a socio-political angle to it, where you know it's not in Quebec, but it's a really cool looking gold discovery. So I, you know, everybody surf over to the website. I have uh, have a good story, an interview with Dawson. You might want to check out. Um, and uh, also, one other thing I'll add about it that's intrigued me kind of is the gold recoveries. They say it's all free milling. So they can get 99% recoveries from the high-grade stuff using oh, gravity and cyanide only. So they're doing MET tests on right. a greenfield discovery yeah. that they just came they're across. They're also looking at permitting it. 
he said he's like oh we've done it before he's like it could take a while so we just figure we might as well because there's That's a way awesome. i think from what i understand I, I like i said i know a few people who worked in mongolia is you you, you, you essentially graduate your exploration permit to a mining permit and it could take about a year but i don't think it's as i mean Sentara just did it with oh shoot was it oxud or gatsert i think it's gatsert that's in mongolia oxud's in turkey but anyway so there's some stuff going on multitasking there. no it's good um, there's also a really cool, like, there's a few, like, there's some gold there. There's someone who's going to pr- find another, another big porphyry there too, eventually, I think. Like the, 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 uh, I think it's the actual, like, uh, I can't remember what's, what the belt's called that, uh, oh, sorry, I can't help that you. OT's on, but it's like, uh, the Tian something or else mineralized belt, but it's cool. Like it looks really nice. Like it, the only issue Mongolia has had is just stability over the last yeah. little while. So do check out my, uh. My stuff on Erdine, they're uh, pulling out some pretty good intercepts there, so it's definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, good article. Um, and then, yeah, so you know what we'll do without uh, without any further... I miss this time. I know, don't we all miss it? So we'll do our, <laughs> our tweets. Tweets of the week. Um, and I got some good ones. Like I said last week, we are uh, still in... Um, uh, what is it? National Mining Week. So that's it is, right. It is National Mining Week. So there's a lot of stuff. Uh, just a quick shout out to the pie throw. The pie throw. Text pie throw. I believe is going on. Mm-hmm. Or it has just wrapped up. That's always a cool event. Uh, I like to see that. Buddy the miner was down there. I always like to shake hands with Buddy. See what's up. He's got some good <laughs> stories. That guy. You gotta watch out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's National Mining Week. So a few of these are uh, Natural Resources Canada has been tweeting out just some cool stats on mining. Like uh, last week we. Um, I'd mentioned that uh, there's just under 400,000 people working in, in the industry and except like a few cool, just, you know, uh, economic and labor stats about the business. Um, but this one's international. Uh, Natural Resources Canada just tweeted out, Canadian mining assets abroad total almost $170 billion in over 100 countries. So mm. we are still uh, kicking along as uh, in our specialty here. We're, we're the best. What are you going to say? Sorry, Australia. <laughs> I apologize. You're just as good. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm going to get a bunch of all my Australian friends are going to get yell at me. Um, so uh, another interesting one. So we talked about illegal mining a bit, especially in South America, because there's been a rising uh, awareness of, of, of what's going on in terms of uh, we had that one insane quote where they said, like, illegal gold mining is taken over from the drug trade is like one of the is the premier illicit activity in a lot of Latin American countries, which is just wild to me. Yeah. Um, so this is another one where... Uh, uh, the the health minister in Colombia uh, um, said recently that illegal mining mining in Colombia is linked to malaria outbreaks, and they've seen a huge spike in the amount of malaria in the country, um, especially along the Panamanian border. Um, uh, so the health minister said uh, the country are more has more or less controlled the malaria problem. Uh, the death rate has dropped significantly, but because of illegal mining, we've had hot spots since last year and especially this year. So it's interesting, um, just that, you know, it's something you wouldn't think of. I'd assume it's to do with stagnant water, stagnant and, water yeah. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? So, um, so they have been, they have been kicking butt on, on controlling it, but it's just interesting to see that it's just one of the things you don't think about. Cause you know, we've talked about the, the horrible effects of illicit mining, like, like criminal, let's call it criminal mining. Cause it's not like artisanal mining or like mom and pop mining. It's like, it's like, if it's taking over from the drug trade, we know who's doing it. We know who's doing it. So, so, so this is you know a huge problem, uh, especially in South America. So it's interesting. Uh, that's actually a story I should probably look at. Maybe who's really talked about it? I haven't written it up. The um, light bulb goes off. The light bulb goes off. Uh, oh, I have a, an awesome innovation, or well, kind of a tech technological 
cool Ooh, what is it? funky machine story. Okay, so I got this. The uh, PDAC uh, folks tweeted this on their social media. Um, I think it's at the PDAC. Um, but uh, the world's largest plane takes off for Australia Outback, carries mining equipment. So I had to actually look this up because that headline, I'm like, largest? How big is the world's largest plane? Let's figure this out. So I did. So this 600-ton aircraft... Um, uh, has a total of six engines and a wi- wingspan twice as long as a Boeing 747. So this thing took off from uh, an airport in the Ukraine with a huge mining generator on board. So this thing is insane. So the cargo, this this generator, weighs 117 tons. Oh, my God. Um, and it's, it's, it's en route to an Australian uh, aluminum mine. Um, and it will take... A staggering 10 hours to unload this thing from the plane. Now, I just like, I was just like, that plane sounds awesome. There is pictures. uh, I think the PDAC was linking to a Yahoo article or something. But yeah, you could view photos. This thing looks like a freaking, it's ridiculous. Anyway, crazy. Just check it out. Maybe, I'll try to, I'm going to try YouTube later, see if I can get a picture of it like landing or something. Like, (laughs) does it need a special runway? That's what I was thinking. I mean, like, where does it have to, like, yeah, it's like, Crazy. So anyway, that's then again, 600 ton, flat. Yeah, 600 ton aircraft. Anyway, so onwards to our next tweet. Uh, another one from, uh, this is kind of another Mining Week related one. This one's from the Mining Association of Canada at the Mining Story. Do give them a follow. Um, in your lifetime, you will use an average of two and a half metric tons of copper. That's the weight of three average size cars per person. So if you're not bullish on copper, maybe give that a second, second thought. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, that kind of concludes our, uh, the formal proceedings this week. Um, <laughs> we did have a couple of things we wanted to mention. We have a South America feature South coming American up. issue coming So up. we're, uh, digging into a few things, uh, uh, down there. Um, I'm going to look at a few cool stories. Uh, I believe that's running next week, right? Or is it, is it, am I, I right on that? the week after. The week after. Okay. So that's what's coming up. We have a lithium or energy special yeah, which is going to be kind of exciting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going yeah, to be I'm really cool. looking forward to it. I'm, lo- I'm going to look at lithium in Alberta. I know you said that. It's I hadn't so even heard weird. of it. It's yeah. like an, you said it was an oil, an oil company that has since re-geared themselves to be a lithium. No, mag- magnesium. Oh, magnesium. And But there's there's other things. There's a few um, players kind of kicking around there. So I'll, I'll be speaking to um, some of the guys, hopefully I'll be getting in touch with everybody. Yeah. Today we'll, we'll be, and we'll tomorrow. Be, that one's not for a couple of weeks, but we'll definitely yeah, be following so. up with everybody. I want to, I want to have a chat with Talisman, uh, which is an Australian company, big hard rock lithium mine. And then Aura Cobre, which just got started at a lithium operation, I think in Argentina. Talisman so. or Tasman? Uh, Talisman. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Tasman's uh, rare earth, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what's coming up for us. Uh, but yeah, so that kind of wraps up the show. I Yay. Think. So welcome back, Leslie. This has been... Thank you. Uh, Aloha. Mahalo. No more, no more Matt. Matt. No more extravaganza. Matt extravaganza. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is the Northern Meyer Podcast. I am Matthew Keeble. Leslie Stokes. Have a great week.